The Rough Drafts Podcast is sponsored by Unicorn.com, the world's premier esports betting site. Bet on your favorite games like CSGO, Dota 2, and League of Legends and earn Unicorns through successful bets or use Unicorn's exclusive Connect program where you can earn Unicorns just by playing some of your favorite games. Use your earnings to enter Unicorn's raffles for exciting prizes like Logitech peripherals or CSGO skins. So join Chase and Walter and prove who really is the esports gambling expert. Unicorn.com. Log on today. Hello, Internet! This is Chase Redshirt King Wassenaar, and welcome to Week 7 of the NALCS Guess the Lions podcast. You know, we had this whole show planned out for you guys. We were going to really get into the nitty-gritty on some of these lines and try to make sense of, you know, what happened to Immortals and the, the rise of, you know, you know, the bounce-back week for Cloud9, all these things. But then we all got sidelined by this crazy trade. That was announced yesterday. Walter, can you believe that Adrian's not on Phoenix One anymore? It's crazy, right? What yeah, you- it, it, it this this one, yeah, that definitely came like out of left field. Yeah. Um, I thought Phoenix One was like performing admirably. I thought they were doing well. I thought like even changing out Nori for Medios, I was a little hesitant about how it would work long term, but Medios seemed to fit in really, really well. Like having like four really solid veterans and then a top laner that was young, young but had some potential was like. It was really all working out for them, and now they got to blow this up to keep Inori. It's just, man, I don't know. I, I don't feel too – I feel worse about this move than I did Paul Blart too. Yeah, it's it's going to be a, a weird one. Um, I have to admit, though, I think there was a, a rumbling. I, I heard something about, like, uh, twice lifted or, like, lift lift. Like, I don't, I don't know. Do you know anyone like that that may have come up this week, perhaps? No. Not no. not anyone that would ever throw a former team's jersey uh, into the trash as part of like you know unveiling his new team. Never. That, I don't think anybody would ever do that. Oh boy, it's gonna be that kind of podcast, ladies and gentlemen. We are going all in on this. It's gonna be a little different from our usual episode because we really do need to break down this double lift to Team Liquid move from a whole bunch of different angles. But before we get in. I do want to establish a couple things right off the bat. Number one, uh, Youngbin, everyone was concerned right when the news was announced about the fact that he had dropped from UC Irvine in order to follow his LCS dream. It turns out that Liquid approached him and, and let him know well before he signed that this was a possibility and something they were looking into. Uh, they offered to pay for his school. It seems like they're trying to take care of him on that side of things. Youngbin seems satisfied with how Liquid's handling that, so we're going to give Liquid credit for that before we say anything else. Uh, the second thing I want to give them credit for, yesterday on Twitter, Walter, you mentioned uh, the buyouts that have typically gone alongside Team Liquid contracts in the past. Uh, Steve responded to you. I, I don't think there was quite a fair res- uh, response as far as his tone was concerned, but he did say, ultimately... 
that if Young Bin was approached by an LCS team, they would absolutely let him go. No buyout needed. So that is a positive thing on the record we want to give credit for. And the third thing I want to say, just outright, is that this move by the letter of the law in the LCS rule set is a legal move. Now, I felt the same way about Renegades versus Team Dragon Knights. I felt the same way about, uh, you know, as far as the Echo Fox situation, I felt like they were ultimately not in the wrong on that end of things. So certainly the idea of what what is written and how we're going to enforce it are not necessarily consistent, but it is worth pointing out that as the rules are written, no rules were broken to make this trade happen. So having said all of that, let's tear into why this move is almost offensive to the senses in a lot of ways. I, I think offensive is the first word that came to my head when I saw the news release and the way that it was already starting to be spun. Walter, first reaction, what were your thoughts on this when you, when you first saw the news? My, my first reaction was I was serious. I was I was beyond pissed off. I was at it's a good it's a good thing we weren't recording North America yesterday because there it would have been ex, expletive laced, uh, probably every other word. I just I was I was flabbergasted. I was furious, and it just reeked of cronyism. It just absolutely reeked of Reggie sticking. You know, Steve's neck is out on the line, and Reggie's lending him a hand and saying, "Hey, you know what." I, I joked on Twitter, like, oh, this must be the favor that Reggie owes uh, Steve for taking Expecial way back in the day when <laughs> Expecial was kicked from TSM and was looking for a new team. Like, whatever. Um, I will admit, signing TSM, or signing Doublelift to Team Liquid is a very smart move. Mm -hmm. I, I at, at the end of the day, it comes down to I don't have problems with the move. It is smart. It is the right thing to do for this team. Young Bin was not cutting it as 80 carry. Piglet was not cutting it as 80 carry and actually looked half decent. Yeah, he was fine. It wasn't awful. Like, it, it could have been a lot worse. I'll be honest. It could have been a lot, lot worse. Mm -hmm. And people are right. He does. He queues up his 80 carry in mid in solo queue, and that's what he does. And he's mechanically very, very talented. And I think that he was able to show that he's an excellent laner mm -hmm. in the mid lane, not having to deal with the support, not having to deal with opposing support, that type of thing. Being pretty much one-on-one -on -one and just focusing on ganks. Um, the issues that I have are, one, the, the cronyistic nature of it, which, yeah, Steve Aronson says, oh, TSM didn't do me any favors. Okay, release the deal. Tell me what the numbers were. What did you have to give up for 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 double lift? Like, prove to me that this wasn't just a handshake. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing you a favor actually prove it the fact that you say oh yeah we we had to up our offer three or four times what you had to up it from a dollar to two dollars like, come on don't try to insult my sensibilities as someone who's really focused on this and who really pays attention to the esport to a casual fan yeah most of the time they don't care but there are a group of diehards in every single sport that they look at contracts they look at trades they look at all of these details of all the business type things that a normal gm would look at for an organization we want that information we're going all the way back to when ember was making their contracts public i still can't believe this isn't like standard in esports we talk about wanting yeah. to be a real sport well guess what in, in sports journalism releasing contracts is standard practice there are websites that you can go on to and you can see all the little incentive breakdowns that you know a professional football player has and 
you know, his workout bonuses, all this stuff, and you can pretend you're a general manager all you want. The fact that that doesn't exist in esports is kind of disgusting to the sensibilities of a normal sports fan who's that's what that expectation is. Today, the day we're recording, the Buffalo Bills signed Mike Tolbert and they announced what the how long it was for, they announced what the salary was. Like, I don't understand why esports are so scared of these dollar amounts because at the end of the day, I know why they're scared. It's because the ROI isn't there. The second they start leaking numbers out to the public, well, then people go like, okay, well, how are they making money? Like, oh, really? You're paying them that much? Like, oh, you must be getting a whole bunch of back in sponsorship. Why aren't hard dollar numbers put down on these types of investments? When uh, when Terry Pagula bought the Buffalo Bills, there was a number for exactly what it was purchased for. But all these investments groups, when when Axiomatic or whatever the company name is, came in to buy a part of Team Liquid... Why wasn't there a discussion of, yeah, they bought 52% of the company and it was for somewhere in the ballpark of, you know, these two numbers. It was between, you know, 1.2 and 1.4. It's because the public lives in this illusion that esports is this big booming business with a ton of money and all the owners realize that they can't break that illusion because in reality, teams aren't selling for $15 million, Blizzard. They're selling for like maybe one if they get a full roster and like the remainder of the lease on that house. Right. So that's that's one thing that still boggles my mind and and you can't unless you're going to prove it to me, I'm going to think that it was 100% cronyism. You can the only way you can disprove that Steve and Reggie is to divulge some of the details. Just say, "Yeah, we came to terms. It was uh it was uh just straight up cash. It was somewhere between 100,000, 150,000. You do that? Fine. I'll believe that. At least you put something hard behind it. But the second thing, and this is what really is getting into my craw. This is what's really digging at me and what pisses me off Mm -hmm. is that Team Liquid has made terrible roster decisions for the past three years Mm -hmm. and have never once been punished for them. Not once. There always seems to be something magical that happens at the last second where Steve gets away with it, where he gets away with his poor business decisions. You know, we go back to, oh, the whole Curse Academy thing. Curse Academy was by far the strongest team to play in that Challenger Series tournament with Team Liquid as an allegation. They can't play each other. Their sister teams just can't be done. Absolutely can't do it. There's too much coercion to be competitive integrity so you dodge that bullet they're not getting punished for sticking with picklin in this offseason they're not getting punished for all these really really poor business decisions so when all of a sudden the best 80 carry in north america that's been sitting on the bench enjoying you know some off time on tsm cough 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 all of a sudden magically is now allowed to play on another team in the spring split when he said i want to take the whole spring split off and come back in the summer now magically he's ready what do you think i'm supposed to think what yeah. do you mean? What do you mean TSM didn't do you any favors? Come on. Even yeah. if they gave it to you for a million dollars, that's a huge favor for you. And that's the part where I start getting mad at Steve. Because I was ready to come on this podcast and tell you that I didn't think Steve did anything wrong. Because when I first saw the move, the first thing I thought was, of course you do this if you're liquid. If Riot's going to let you do it and TSM's willing to help you out with it, of course you do it. But then there were... Three things that really stood out to me. Uh, Number one, this was something that Steve used as an opportunity to plug his new axiomatic sponsorship. That's something that comes up as a big point that he uses like, yeah, you know, we're able to do this because of this awesome deal that I made. And you know what? I'll say this for you, Steve. I think you do a good job on the 
business sponsorship type of things. I, I think the, you know, the HTC phone thing you had going back in the day, you're pretty good at that. Uh, making roster decisions isn't really your thing, and I think that's what you mean when you say about bad business moves, but this is not the time or the place, and I think it's kind of insulting that you believe that this, you know, this whole thing can be waved away, and that's the second thing that gets me mad about him, because it's not that he tries to defend this as, you know, oh, TSM isn't doing me any favors. I'll get to that. But to then say, you know, well, there's always going to be conspiracy theories because Yandy and I have been friends. It's not a conspiracy theory to connect one and one and say it's two. If you're best friends with this guy and he happens to be putting up a player who would never be on the open market in any other situation. Immortals, I don't care how much money Immortals could throw at that deal. He, they don't do that deal with Immortals. They don't do that deal with Echo Fox. They don't do it with Phoenix One. There are no one, there are no teams outside of the old guard that TSM even considers for that move. So they did do you a favor because they even let you have the conversation, which most teams wouldn't have been able to do. And for you to have the nerve the nerve to sit there and say, well, there's always going to be conspiracy theorists. Well, yeah, no. You, what you have are analysts that are willing to see what you did and call it out for the transparent move that it is. And you know what, man? You don't care about that. You're more focused on spinning this to the Reddit crowd, and I will get to them towards the end of this. But when everyone on Twitter, there's not a single journalist that I saw on Twitter, not a single pundit, whether it was a Twitter analyst, an ESPN guy, you know, top to bottom, no one thought this move was on the up and up. No one thought this is a legitimate trade that makes sense for both parties as it stands. No one. And if that's the case, Steve, if you see a massive outcry from all of these journalists across social media and your response is to dismiss them all as conspiracy theorists, that's showing a contempt for journalists and for people that are breaking down these things and, and arguing about whether they should or should not be the case moving forward. And you're just spitting in their face. And I'm insulted. And I didn't think I was going to be because I really, going into this, up until I saw this interview, I was going to defend you. I really was. I didn't think you did anything wrong until you decided to blame everyone but yourself, including Riot, in the same paragraph in which he says nothing wrong. He also says, look, Riot has the final say, guys. Like, you can't shift blame and say we did nothing wrong. Like, that's like saying, look, I didn't cheat on you, and if I did, you were really being a jerk to me yesterday, right? Like, that's not how this works. That's not how, that's not a convincing argument. I, I See, see, <sighs> I, I liken this. I liken him getting double if to Biff in Back to the Future 2 finding the 1985 sports almanac and then, yes. like, changing the future because he bets on whatever game it is and makes a ton of money and is, like, in charge of everything. Like, that's what this is. Mm -hmm. Liquid, Liquid was not guaranteed to be relegated. There, there was no guarantee that they were going to be relegated. There was no guarantee they were even going to be in relegations because right. a couple of the teams above them, like, Echo Fox could have fallen apart, and I guess if, like, Young Bid and Piglet worked out they could have popped back up the standings like there's no guarantee you're gonna be in relegations mm -hmm. and even if you were i know i'm think like i personally think that united would be a better team than you having piglet bot lane and golden blue mid i think they're probably a better team than you having piglet mid and young bin at 80 carry like yeah i would have taken united in that series 
But it would have been a series. Like we it could have been, it yeah, been a it would have been a series. Like it would have been close. You st- you would have been favorites because you're in the LCS. Whatever. You would have had the better player in Piglet. I'll admit that. And rain well, Rainover. I can't believe Rainover. You'd have had the best player on the rift in Rainover. Yes. But you got bailed out. That's the problem. It looked like you were going to be in relegations. It looks like you were going to be relegated. And I get that when you bring it up, something that you've worked your, you know, for the past six years of your life are, and you would, you, you're going to die before you let this thing fail. I get it. I get the move. But you need to step outside the move, and you really need to take that step back. And when you can recognize and go, yeah, I understand that it's kind. It looks weird because of my friendship with Andy. Prove why it's not weird. Prove why I shouldn't be a conspiracy theorist. With the whole Youngbin thing about, yeah, if he gets an LCS spot, we'll we'll release him from his contract without the buyout. One, I dislike the fact that you explicitly explicitly say an LCS spot, because what if he wants to play in Challenger series? Yeah, that was that to, was shady as well. What hell. if he wants to play in the collegiate series? Because I know all the contracts have non-compete clauses in them. I know they exist. I've seen esports contracts before. Again, Steve, I'm not stupid. I've seen Team Liquid esports contracts before. I know there's a no compete clause. Like, don't insult my intelligence. If you guys really are like, yeah, we're gonna let him do what he wants, just let him out of his contract. Yeah. Like, pay pay for the year that he's missing of school or whatever your agreement is. Give him the lump sum. Say this is for your school. Like, we'll pay. You know, here's the check. And move on. Don't like be holding this kid under contract, which is something that you have done before with challenger players. You've done before with challenger subs. Which brings me to another thing I just hate about the entire scene is that all these teams think, yeah, we could once we have that player under contract, we control absolutely wherever they end up. We have rights of first refusal. It doesn't matter if you want to go play for TSM, we can hold you hostage and and what I, I don't like that. I get that's kind of the nature of contracts, but it just it's it's really frustrating, especially when this kid only played like two games for you and he didn't look that great. Like it's not like it's the next Bjergsen. It's not like Youngbin has shown anything to make me think he's the next Bjergsen. It's nothing that he did in those two weeks that made you truly think like, yeah, he's really, really good and we need to hang on to him. Like you admit he needs more work. He's a converted mid to eighty carry. Like this isn't someone that I think is is worth holding on to and worth paying the salary just so you can try and get a buyout from someone else. Like, it's just it's just ridiculous to me. I, I do want to say, I, I think that that might be one step further than I'm willing to go. Because when I you look at this, look, Youngbin, from his twit longer and what he said in public, was aware of the situation when he signed the contract. And when you sign a contract till the end of whatever that date is, That's what you've agreed to do. No one put a gun to his head and forced him to sign that contract. And if he truly was aware that this was always in play and Liquid truly did make an offer to pay for his college, and I'm going to give them credit for that because Youngbin said it, not Team Liquid. And I thought that was, again, I was really going to give you credit, Steve. I thought it was classy you let Youngbin say it rather than you. But whatever, you had to insert yourself in. I get it. Um... But I, I think that side of it is, is okay. I don't have a problem with that. I have a problem with the way in which these buyout clauses and whatever else are, are worded and, and held to. That's a, a huge concern for me. But that, I think, is more of a riot problem in terms of the contracts that they allow and the way that they give teams just such free reign to enforce it. I, I, I just I find it hard to get as worked up about that side of things when Youngbin was fully aware of the situation and made his choice. Now, there's a great argument to say that 
people at his age are not necessarily well equipped to make that choice. And I have no idea what his legal representation was. As far as I know, a lot of these players either don't have lawyers at all or get lawyers provided to them by the teams. That's not really a, a relief in that, this particular that, that's situation. That's incorrect. The teams, the teams cannot provide a lawyer they for can't? this blatant conflict of interest. The okay. player themselves has to go find a lawyer so, uh, to work on their behalf. Okay, that, that's good to know. I, I had heard rumors. I'm, I'm glad to know that is not the case. Well, still... Not all these guys have lawyers. Not all of them are going to afford lawyers or think about that side of things. And it's a huge risk for them to get a lawyer for a contract that they may then choose not to sign. And then they're just out all of these legal fees. So you put the onus on them and, and Riot has no players union to help these guys out. I think that systemic problem is the bigger issue that I have. And it's with Riot, not with Liquid. The buyouts, I... I think if, if Liquid, if you really want to say, you, you want to shut us up, I will give you a shout out on the pod. I will straight up, I will start the next podcast we do. I will start the next stream we do by saying, hey, just so you know, Team Liquid announced that this was the buyout for challenger teams or whatever else. And it is totally reasonable if it actually is the case. Now, I'm going to take a shot in the dark and say from the challenger contracts that I've seen from you guys then that's not going to be the case. I don't believe you. After the way you buried Pobelter in the past, after the way you've handled quite a few different players in the past, I don't believe you. And if you want to hide behind your your kind of glass mirror here and, and do the whole Wizard of Oz thing so that we can't see what's really going on, fine. I have accepted the lack of transparency from teams before. I will have to accept it again. But then don't you dare say i'm not gonna show you anything but if you don't believe me you're a conspiracy theorist that is unacceptable and all you had to say on that front was nothing and you chose to come after people because you got your feelings hurt because people didn't think that the trade you were so proud of was necessarily a good thing that's how that came off that's how that entire interview came off to me and i, I mean it's unfortunate because they didn't have to be the bad guys in this and what? My, my final statement is, Steve, you have never done anything as a businessman, as a professional, as a team owner for me to even consider giving you the benefit of the doubt. From the couple of times I've had to deal with you personally in a business setting, from the way that you have treated your, your you know, the entire breaking point thing, everything, your player management decisions, not just with your League of Legends team, but also going to your CSGO team with how you handled the entire simple fiasco, how you handled the departure of James, your, your the head coach at the time, yes. how now you're losing Hiko. You've been successful once or twice with the teams that really are core to you, to the teams that I show you showing up at. You show up at CSGO events. You show up at, uh, at here at League of Legends events. I've never really seen you at like a Heroes of the Storm event or like a Dota event. I've never really seen you at like a Smash event. Like your most successful player is Hungrybox, which I don't know how much you necessarily had to deal with that in terms of that. But the core of your of your expertise is League of Legends. And once I can remember you being truly successful, and that was a regular season win. I remember way back in the day, the entire curse fiasco at MLG uh, Charlotte or something. It was in North, God, North Carolina. The whole Dignitas ARAM fiasco. Like You have not given me a reason to give you the benefit of the doubt. Ever. So Your, your continued success does not mean that you're making good or fair or decisions that we are going to agree with. Like, just because you've been around does not mean that you have this clean record that should have everyone buying it. You don't. 
So, of all teams, you really don't. So here, here's the last thing I have to say. To you, Steve Liquid112, Aaron said. This is to you directly, and I know you watch the show and you love it. You send me tweets all the time. <laughs> You're a big fan of the show. You were so d- disappointed when Arnold Schwarzenegger was announced he was going to take over the show. I get it. I absolutely understand it there, Mr. Toupee. But this is to you directly. I'm right to you. And I've done this before, and my, my success rate of doing this is pretty damn good. Just ask Reginald. You have been given the biggest bailout of your career. This yeah. probably saved you from relegation. Because double lift and now Adrian, which eight, I'll give you credit, Adrian was a brilliant move on your part. I Absolutely. Give you all, all kudos for that. I hope uh, it's probably going to work out for you. You now have probably the two best players in any game you play in the rele- against any team in relegation. You do have a chance of getting into the playoffs now, you lucky son of a gun. Don't blow this. When Doublelift leaves at the end of his contract in the spring, when you're looking in your offseason of the spring, don't do what you always do, which is make poor personnel decisions. Things that don't pan out for you. You are being given a second chance. You're being given a lifeline. And as Spider-Man says to Peter, they always, you get one. The next time, Spidey Reggie ain't going to come down from his web and, you know, catch you with his his web, you know, with his web blaster or whatever iteration you want of it. Don't F this up. Because any sympathy that you built from this time of, I put my blood, sweat, and tears, I am willing to die for this. If you do this again next summer, like in six months, no one's going to care. Then they're going to see that you're really just really bad at this. So there you go. Don't get up. Yeah. This is is the cleanest slate that Team Liquid is ever going to have. And I hope that they make the most of it. I think that... From a pure personnel move, I I think that was the right call. I absolutely understand you making the call. I think the way you're handling it publicly is insulting. And I hope that you let other people start doing that side of things because, oh boy, you are not making it easy to try to defend the you. The best buddy. thing that ever happened to CLG was him hiring Melixia and him stepping back and just letting someone else run it. You're, and I think you need to do it too, buddy. You're not Sorry. wrong. Sorry. Let's uh let's move on to a team that uh is I think less fun for you to have to to come after. Uh I think is a safe thing to say. I, I I when I saw this my immediate frustration went directly to TSM. Uh, I think that was probably the case for you as well. So let's get into this. TSM What's why do you do this? What is the like First of all, you know what? No, I'm going to let you do it because I have about a thousand things I want to say, but no one's going to say them better than the diehardest TSM fan that I know. So, Walter, the floor is yours, man. Um, like, what, why? What do you get out of this? Like money, I I, I get I guess like that's the only thing you possibly could have gotten out of this. You got money and like you get to go hang out with Magic Johnson, Magic Johnson in a Laker game. Like I'm, I'm just I'm so baffled at what 
does this do for TSM? And like their press release, one, TSM never has good press releases. They're always just PR bull. Yeah, like that, that, oh, that, we wanted him to get valuable, you know, experience before he tries out for the team. Like, this is just if he wanted to play, and he's the best AD carry in North America, and you're you're in a fight for the number one seed, and like I, this either just signals to me like one, they really didn't want Doublelift to play on this like the split they were punishing him and they and they really wanted him to get the message but then letting him go play for someone else doesn't really like punctuate the message unless it's a like you're a bad boy now you have to go play for the now you have to go play for the cleveland browns like you're a bad boy double lift you're a bad boy um if you really wanted to play like i guess sure you owe it to like wild turtle but you don't have to bench wild turtle right away like have them be a six-man roster. Like you said, yeah, that's probably what it's going to look like for summer if Double Lift comes back. Alternate them. Like, whatever. Ease Double Lift back in. Like, nobody comes back from injury in the NBA and plays 45 minutes their first game. Like, they're on a, they're on a limit. So have them play one game a week or two games a week, and that's it. And you just keep moving on. Um, it doesn't seem like TSM cares about the spring. Like, that's that's what this really comes down to. Like, if they really wanted to go play at MSI, and Doublelift was ready to come back and was telling Reggie, like, yo, Reggie, I want to play professional again. Like, it's a no-brainer to be like, yeah, Doublelift, come back. Yeah. Like, I don't, think, I don't think there's any, like, massive chemistry between Wild Turtle and Biofrost and the rest of the team that's going to harm anything. Like, Thorin brought it up in his video. Doublelift made Spenskeren look amazing. He made... He made Biofrost look amazing. Yes. Like, are you purposely just handicapping them to see maybe they'll get better, and then when Double comes back, Double Lift comes back, they'll be like three percentage points better than when he left? Like, are you purposely putting the weight vest and are you rock leading them on purpose here? Like, I it just the only explanation for me that makes sense from TSM is that Liquid gave him a shit ton of money, and Reggie and Steve are friends. Yeah. And I just it, this is the straw that broke my back on Reggie. Like I I admitted in a in a comment to someone who was like, "Oh, you just hate Cloud 9." I'm like, "Yep, I hate Jack. I I dislike Jack. I greatly dislike Steve. And Reggie, I I kind of tune out some of the things he does just because I've been on his side and on his team since season 1. Like bleep it, Bay Life. Like I love that. I love that. And and this is finally like the straw that broke my back of like i i can't defend him i can't defend this move i can't defend reggie on this at all it's it hurts it's really hard to come up with a way in which tsm is a good guy owner whatever you want to call it transparent team that we should all be believing is doing the right thing for every party involved I, I don't know how you make that case. I, first of all, the double lift, just straight up. If double lift wanted to play for you, double lift should have been playing for you. That it is absurd to insinuate anything else. There is no situation in which you look at Wild Turtle and you look at double lift and say, eh, we're good. Like, that's not how this works. If double lift wanted to take a split off, then that's totally how it works. And then double lift, well, he decided to take a split off, so he has to compete. That makes sense. That storyline is the storyline that TSM's been selling for forever. But the idea, you know, Doublelift said it, I had the opportunity to come back early. Okay, so why didn't you have the opportunity to come back early earlier? 
That's interesting, right? That's an interesting way of phrasing it. What what would have been happening at TSM that would have prevented him from coming back earlier within the organization? Because he didn't even just he didn't say that TSM told him X, Y, and Z. He said that this was an opportunity that he was given, which implies that he didn't have an opportunity. So suddenly we start thinking about all of the rumors that popped up after Worlds that said that there were potentially some conduct issues uh, that Doublelift had between him and, and the staff and that they had, they had talked about uh, rules that had been broken within uh, the team rules and well, the I, idea I, this is like, for The semester. rumor I've heard is that he was out the night before they played their last group stage matches with, with people until like 4 o'clock in the morning. Like he yeah. broke curfew. That was essentially the rumors that I've heard. Like, I just want to be very blunt about it. Because people have been like, oh, people have asked before. Like, that's what it was, is that he, like, broke curfew. And he played, like, terribly that day. So he did. And two on, two together. Yeah, I, it doesn't take a, a rocket scientist to figure out how those pieces might have lined up. And given how disappointing TSM's performance at World was, and, and Doublelift was underwhelming, and this does make sense, and I think TSM would be mad enough about that to tell him that they don't want him to play for a split. If that wasn't true then how do you explain any of this? Now, if that storyline is true and that he was suspended by the team, suddenly this idea of Reggie saying like, look, you're not playing for us. We told you that. We're not giving you the opportunity to come in right away and be a champion after only playing for a few weeks because of you know what you did at Worlds. So instead, you can go play for Team Liquid. You'll get to play. You know, you have You have the right to go out and do that. And we'll make a whole bunch of money off of that. And then when you're done, you can come back and try to play for us again. And I think that says a lot, A, about TSM's, I'm going to go with cockiness here. Because to make this a an actual roster move, a trade, Doublelift would have had to renege, you know, TSM would have had to let him out of his contract so that he could then sign a contract with Team Liquid. Which means that his contract with TSM that was carrying him through the rest of the year would no longer be valid. And if that's the case, then Doublelift can go wherever he wants when this is all which said and done. Is which 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 makes, makes no sense. Lift, which makes Doublelift the ultimate winner out of this. Like I oh, I, yeah. I, 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 I is like mind-numbingly like this makes absolutely no sense to me from TSN standpoint. It makes so much sense from Doublelift standpoint. Because by doing this, because of how convoluted Riot's like rule system and lack of definition of things are, what had to happen? TSM had to release Doublelift from his contract. Doublelift then had to sign a new contract with Team Liquid that expires according to the contract database as of March 8th. It expires on April 27th. So just over, just about a month and a half that he's officially on Team Liquid. As of April 27th, by Riot's own definition, he is a complete free agent. Yes. He owes nothing to anyone. His allegiances are gone. He could go sign with uh, with Basconia if he wants over in the Spanish like Challenger League if he wants. He could, he could do whatever the hell he wants. He is the ultimate winner out of this because somehow he's took this time off while still under a t- TSM contract – and now he gets to do whatever he wants. He's free. He's free as a bird. And I hope he sticks this back in Reggie's face and goes and joins, like, Phoenix One as their starting support or something. And just gives Reggie a bird, like, the bird. And just goes, screw it. 
man. It like, would... I really hope he does. I would love that. I would love that cocky double lift to come back and be like, I don't want to go back to TSM. Screw it. I'm going to go beat them instead. It'd be one of, like, on one of the first teams to ever win a, uh, a an LCS title that's not named Cloud9, CLG, or TSM. That'd be amazing. I'll go one step further. That. If TSM wins the championship, well, you know, double lift, do you want to be a champion? Do you want to just go to the team that's already winning? Or if you are a free agent, why not be the champion that beats the champions, right? Isn't that the greater glory here? From a team that was willing to discard you uh, for basically whatever amount of money that they consider this was worth, like whatever that amount of money is, you got to imagine Double Lift thinking about this and saying, didn't I just put up like an MVP caliber season last split? Wasn't I an all pro AD carry? Like what more could I have done for this team? And you're giving, you're basically saying, oh, well, there's an amount of money in which we don't care about having you on this roster anymore. And I'll be honest with you, the way that Doublelift phrased things, the way that Reggie phrased things, it does not sound like a situation in which Doublelift has the freedom to sign with whoever he wants, which then begs the question, is this a trade or is this a loan? And if it's a loan, and the word loan has been thrown around there on multiple occasions, that would not be following the guidelines that are supposed to be in play for this. We're not supposed to be able to just loan players out in order to boost their competitiveness. That's not how any of this works. Either it's a trade and he's free and we should be talking about it that way. And it's kind of weird how Doublelift and Reggie have been phrasing it like his return is a guaranteed thing or it's not. And what the hell is Riot doing? And well, why Re is it okay in that but, regard? But Doublelift has to do that. He has to be like, yeah, Reggie, like I'm 100% coming back. It's like it's like when Austin was like totally a heel with Vince McMahon. It was like, yeah, dude, like I came out in a suit and tie, like all that. And then he's like, oh, you don't like I'm wearing my wrestling boots? You don't like that? You don't like that I'm wearing my hat? And I just rips off the suit. It's his normal t-shirt. And he just stutters. Vince McMahon is like, I did it your way. Now I'm going to do it my way. And it's amazing because he has the entire crowd fooled for like 10 minutes. Like, damn it. He went to McMahon and he's like, oh, and then he's like, ah, screw it. F you, McMahon, that stunners him. I really want to see double a stunner Reggie. Oh, man. Metaphor. I, I would love it. I would love it. I mean, at the end of the day, I think TSM's going to get away with this, to be honest with you. I think Double Lift will come back because there is no better situation. Look, if you, if you want to be an NALCS player, uh, there are very few organizations that are going to have more prestige than TSM. There are going to be very few organizations that are going to offer as much just value in terms of long-term stakes within the company. TSM protects their own. Uh, Odd One's been taken very taken care of very well. Dyrus is very well taken care of. They will absolutely, if Doublelift wants to move his way into the you know TSM retirement home whenever he's done playing competitively, he can make a whole career and... and and rest on that and know that TSM will have his back every step of the way. And I do think that is enough that he is going to choose to come back. Yeah. But to me, all of this comes down to in the same way that, you know, I, I felt like Steve was talking down to us and treating us like we were dumb. I feel like Reggie's treating us like we're stupid. Like this whole idea of like, well, you know, we wouldn't consider bringing him back, even though he was this best AD carry for probably a couple years now. But we're totally willing to let him play for some other team because he should be playing, just not for us. At like, y you realize that this doesn't line up, right? You you have to understand this, Reggie. I do not believe after 
everything that I've seen you do across all of your esports that you are not firmly aware of how this trade looks and what you are exposing. And the key here is that you've got a fan base and a collective history that's going to make everyone turn the other way on this. Because who wants to be the one to say, hey, I'm almost positive that you suspended this guy for a player issue behind the scenes and are now using the time in which you were not going to let him play anyway to make money off of him. Yep. No one's going to say that. That would be a terrible thing to say. But that's basically where we are. And I cannot find, you know, you look at Occam's Razor, right? The simplest answer, the one that makes takes the fewest assumptions is the most likely one. That is the most straightforward answer I can possibly come up with. And if that is the case, TSM, I understand not wanting to make player issues public. I totally get that. I think respecting players' privacy is important. I think that rule, you know, things within the team house should be able to be dealt with within the team house. You deserve some of that. But then don't you dare try to pawn this off and make money on this investment and thus proving to Doublelift, hey, we're going to let you do these things anyway as long as it profits us at the end of the day. You've completely undermined whatever lesson you were trying to teach. And in all reality, you are now leaving him out to this, you know, as you said, now there's the danger that he's going to be influenced by new people. Maybe he really likes working for Team Liquid. Certainly, you know, Young Bin, for the situation that he's in, he had nothing but positive things to say. That says something about how Steve treats the people within his t management. It doesn't say everything. Uh, I think there are, you know, very good chance Young Bin hasn't been around long enough to have the same experiences that some other people from Liquid have notably had. But, you know, maybe Doublelift buys in too. That's a risk that TSM is now taking on. And why? Because either A, they had too much pride to renege on the ban and the suspension, or B... They decided, well, at this point, our morals are not worth as much as the amount of money we're making from this deal. And that better be an obscene amount of money, Reggie. I'll put it that way. I'm, uh, like I said, I, I don't see TSM's benefit. I don't see how they gain anything from this. I mean, I, I, the, the dankest timeline would be Team Liquid sneaks in as a six seed and, like, somehow beats everyone and makes it to the finals and then double if wins and team liquid wins a title. And like, I hate it because then that's, uh, that's enforcing bad behavior from, from like Steve. It's like enforcing his bad decision-making like, Oh, it's fine. You can screw everything up, you know, the first six weeks and then just, yeah, just have your buddy throw you a player, you know, as a, as a, you know, as a friendly like favor and then, Oh, now you win an LCS championship. Like I, I would hate it for that, but I'd also love it just for like the, like, Oh, Reggie, looks like you shouldn't just do things that have no value for you. Like, oh, that your bad decisions bite you in the butt. Like, that'd be fantastic. Um, at the end of the day, with all this, I, there's the last party that we need to talk about is Riot. Which yeah, let's get, I, in, I, let's get into I Riot, because I, I think there's a lot to unpack here, actually. I, for me, personally, I, I have a little bit of frustration at Liquid, mostly in the in how Steve is handling himself and the accusations he's throwing out at people who disagree with him. Uh, I have a, a chunk of frustration at Reggie because I think he's been incredibly dishonest in how he's presenting this whole thing. But I'm of the opinion that Riot deserves the most flack out of all of this because I, let's, let's break it down here. When we talked about the TDK Renegades ban, uh, when they were, were, were kicked out of the LCS and were no longer allowed to compete. Here are the exact rules 
that Riot pointed out. This is the last paragraph of the section that is labeled Independence of Teams and Competitive Integrity in their competitive ruling of Renegades and TDK, which will be in the, in the description of this video. Quote, both Renegades and TDK were found to have provided incomplete or inaccurate answers to uh, and documents to deliberately hide a relationship and interactions which exceeded acceptable bounds. Okay, fine. We can argue that back and forth, but I see where you're coming from. Commingled finances and operations can lead to an establish of influence between teams that forces one party into non-beneficial decisions like trading away strong players and at worst unfair play described in rule 10.1 of the LCS rule set. So already we're talking about, you know, teams being too close and therefore leading to uh, influence that can lead parties into unfair situations for the rest of the league. Gee, does having a best friend that happens to have a player on the bench who's perfectly willing to, to bail them out at the last second sound like perhaps commingled operations and influences that they share would lead them to this kind of situation? Let's read 10.1 of the uh, of the rule set, shall we? Let's look at unfair play as defined by the rule set, which is on page 51 of the rule set, which will also be in this description. Unfair play. Uh, the first point is collusion, defined as any agreement among two or more players and or confederates to disadvantage opposing players, including, and I'm, I'm going to skip the... Uh, the soft play, because that's obviously not here. Uh, Pre-arranging prize money, not a problem. Sending or delivering signals, not a problem. Uh, when you look at, you know, deliberately losing a game or, or compensation or any other reason or intending to induce a player to do so, that, they're, they're fine on that front. But, and this is a big but, that's the end of the collusion paragraph. How is that the end of the collusion paragraph? First of all, how is something so vague able to penalize a Renegades and TDK situation that had no evidence released about it? That's staggering, number one. Number two, how are we defining collusion in such narrow terms? What do you call it when a team does something that unilaterally only favors another organization that they are friends with and want to help out? What is the word for that if it's not collusion? I want to know, Riot, because you don't even bring it up. You bring up competitive integrity, which is defined as, quote, uh, to playing at their best in all, at all times within an LCS game and to avoid any behavior uh, inconsistent with the principles of good sportsmanship, honesty, or fair play. What part of this is good sportsmanship to your challenger teams, by the way? I, it doesn't seem like a, you're giving them a fair shake. Doesn't seem like they were taken into consideration at all when you let someone unilaterally make a move that it benefits them in order to avoid relegations or at least prep to be ready for that series. And that's the only thing they say about competitive integrity. Listen to how vague that was. Principles of good sportsmanship. What does that mean? What does that mean, Riot? Principles of good sportsmanship. Anyone, like, you can define that in so many different terms. I mean... Are you not frustrated by this like me? Am I, I like I feel like I get hung up on these these technicalities, but when you're gonna ban two teams from it, how can I've, it be so openly vague? Every everything in Riot's rules are purposely vague for the point of they want to control whoever is in their league, and they want to be able to have their rules open to interpretation by themselves. Because let's not forget, there's no arbiter, there's no third party involved here. It's literally whoever is in charge of Riot's esports team could read their rule book and say, I think you broke a rule for this reason, under this clause, under this paragraph. Here's my explanation. 
fight me on it. And the team goes, well, I'm going to try and appeal it. And they go, nope, too bad. This is, this is my final ruling. The, it's intentionally vague for that reason. My only issue with Riot, I'm not as pissed off about, uh, this, about Riot at all, because it, I know it's intentionally vague for a reason, is that we know franchising isn't happening now, but there's no way franchising isn't happening when you have that MLB BAM Tech Media deal in place right. at some point that that is still on the periphery that no one really knows a whole lot about other than it exists it's been confirmed but we don't know when the implementation is going to happen we don't know any details about it. nothing it just exists there's no way that happens without there's going to be some sort of revenue sharing that's about to take place which means we're probably franchising is probably about to happen and it looks like it'll be after the summer pretty much like riot needs to Firmly define things, because everyone's saying, this is a trade, this is a trade, this is a trade. Well, if it was in fact a trade, the original TSM contract with Doublelift would now be the contract that he has with Team Liquid. Unless then he renegotiated the contract, which would make absolutely no flipping sense from Steve's part. Why the hell would you agree to, like, uh, yeah, I'm going to renegotiate your trade for only three months, for like a month and a half. Like, technically, Doublelift doesn't have a no-trade clause in his contract. TSM could just do it anyways and just be like, screw it, here you go. Now you play for Team Liquid because guess what? That happens in the NFL all the time. Mm -hmm. That's what an actual trade is, is you take the contract and you give it to them, which is why I said earlier it's got to be a a, a, a cut and then a re-sign. That's the only way it makes sense. It can't be a transfer because that's the same thing. They'd be transferring the contract to Team Liquid. It's not a loan because he doesn't go, like, even though he's supposedly going back to TSM, he doesn't, he's not still under contract with TSM. Now he's under contract with Team Liquid. And it's an agreement between him and Team Liquid, not an agreement between TSM and Team Liquid. Uh, Team Liquid is going to pay his salary for the, you know, month and a half that he's going to be playing for them. Right. Riot needs to firmly define what all of these things are, what a free agent is. They define that as, oh, when they are not in our database, when their contract in our database is not current. Like, once the contract in our database expires, they are a free agent. Well, last night, when Doublelift was announced at, like, 2 o'clock in the morning, he still wasn't in the contract database. So, technically, they probably broke a law by not allowing Riot to officially approve it in their database, which they say is the be-all, end-all. So technically, they should be punished for that because teams have been punished for that way back in the past. I'm looking at you, TSM, with Lust Boy. It's just Riot... The, the thing that bothers me with Riot is that if you're going to run a professional sports league, you got to have everything in 100% legalese. It's got to be lawn. It's got to be drawn out. It's got to be complicated. And it can't be open to interpretation. Saying that the contract database is the be-all, end-all. If they are in the contract database, underneath the team, they are officially contracted to the team, that is an end-all, be-all. The mm-hmm. moment that happens, it's an end-all, be-all. If Adrian wasn't contracted to Phoenix One in our database before when Rick Fox contacted him, then no, it's not, it's not tampering, it's not collusion, it's not poaching. But if he does it the day we put it in the database, then it is. That is a firm derivative statement. But as you said, this open-endedness of what is collusion, there you go. I can't define it. You can't define it. Riot didn't define it. So that's my only issue with Riot. They need to actually get some real lawyers to actually hammer out, like, 
a real agreement with real definitions with an appendice of this is what this phrase means. This is what this word means. This is what this means. This is the definition of a trade. This is the definition of a loan. We don't accept trades or loans. The only thing we accept is a, a, a transfer. Like they need to do that and they just haven't because none of these people have ever ran or probably been involved in a professional sports league before. Yeah. Let's be honest. They don't know what they're doing. So it's, and it, it is crazy. I, you know, Again, usually, I always feel like we're some of the more reactionary people. I, I personally, I wear my heart on my sleeve. I do not Same. beat around yeah. the bush. So we, we accept that as parts of who we are. But what shocked me last night when the news broke live was everyone thought this was a bad move. Every analyst I saw thought this was not how the rules should work. This is insane. How did they get away with this? There's got to be, I can't tell you how many people I saw that, you know, writers, journalists, people I respect who've broken down the game and have worked within the scene who said, there's got to be a competitive ruling to clarify this coming down the pipeline. Well, it's been 24 hours and we didn't get one. It might be 48. We'll see tomorrow. I really doubt they're going to do one, uh, you know, you know, during any time in which it could you know, become a, a distraction from what they're trying to do. I, I Maybe they'll try to hide it during, like, an EU-LCS game that no one cares about. I'm not sure, but at the end of the day, Riot, you know, we can sit here all we want and say, you know, I don't like the way that Steve's trying to, to spin this and how he's treating everyone on the outside. I don't like the way that, that Reggie is trying to spin this and, and, you know, is kind of being, at best, dishonest with the public in terms of how this is actually breaking down. If you but, have to go out of your way to spin something, you're probably doing something wrong. Right. And and I think these teams know it, but the problem is that Riot either doesn't know it or doesn't want to know it. You brought up the, the Echo Fox thing. I, I got to be honest with you. If I'm anyone outside of the old guard, why would you scrim TSM and Team Liquid after this? Think about the crazy amount of complaining that Reggie did about that Echo Fox move. The shots that he is still taking on Twitter. Anytime an Echo Fox person mentions his name, he jumps at the point to attack him and just go all in on like, oh, how dare you? At least we don't do this kind of crazy thing. Well, I gotta be honest with you. Riot's clearly not gonna take care of this one either. And if you thought the Adrian deal, where Adrian didn't even end up going to Echo Fox, was shady enough to say, we're not scrimming with these guys anymore, I can't imagine how you feel about TSM or Team Liquid right now. I cannot imagine. And Riot, for whatever reason, they decided to go all in on banning Renegades and TDK. They decided to do absolutely nothing towards the H2K and Fnatic uh, conflict of interests that would absolutely fit their definition of collusion, funnily enough. That actually was covered, and they chose not to enforce it because they decided, well, you know, it relies on something else happening that obviously neither party can control, but we're sure it won't be a problem, which is about as uh, cowardly an answer that I've ever heard in a competitive ruling. That will also be in the description. When you enforce these things at will, and you let it all go for the ride. You know what? If if Steve or Reggie should be mad at anybody for being skeptical of what's happening right now, they should probably be mad at Riot. Because Riot's inconsistency and inability to be transparent in what the, you know how much they're punishing people and why they're punishing people and what is the evidence that justifies the punishments that they're delivering, well, 
No doll, we don't trust it. We don't trust Riot's statements on any of this. After, you know, the complete botching of the Renegade situation, why would I trust them without any evidence to the contrary? Why would I trust any of these teams who I know can get away with it because Riot's let them before? And, you know, this whole idea of teams enforcing like this Wild West style honor system on their own as to how, you know, whether they scrim with people or not, whether, you know, they, you know, how they feel about a move being, whether it's a fair or unfair thing. That era of League of Legends was unacceptable at the end of season five. It is entirely unacceptable now that we're in 2017. It is amazing to me that despite all of the crap that you got for last year and the terrible open-ended thing that basically made it impossible for anyone to figure out what your reasoning was behind the different competitive rulings you had, and you just sat there and you looked at that and soaked in all that controversy and said, eh, we like having the ability to enforce our rules as we want more than we like the idea of being a reputable company that has rules and guidelines that everyone has to follow, whether you're the biggest guys on the, to on the bottom of the totem pole, because funnily enough, the base of the totem pole is actually the most powerful gods. That's why they hold the rest of them up. But from the top to the bottom, however you want to phrase it, this is unacceptable from Riot. I accept that Liquid would do a thing that makes sense for their team and spin it in the way that they want. I accept that Reggie is going to spin this however he wants, and maybe he did get enough money to justify it. I don't know. But I do not accept Riot's answer of... We need to keep this as vague as we can at this point in time. It is unacceptable to me. I And that's that's where I stand on it. Is, is there anything else, Walter, that we need to get to before we move on? Because this has been 50 minutes now of us just going into all of the things that upset us about this move, which I think was necessary, but is there um, anything we're missing? TLDR, Riot needs to hire actual lawyers and maybe someone that's ever worked in real sports. To actually craft all their like agreements and their operating agreement and all that jazz. Mm -hmm. um, Reggie has now officially gone to the dark side and he's now officially a bad guy owner in my opinion. And I still don't understand what TSM got out of this. And as a TSM fan, I hope we get punished for this because it makes no sense to me. And um, again, to Steve, don't F it up. You got a hall pass here that basically is going to save your... Essentially is probably going to save your franchise and you allow you to survive and actually get to when they really franchise so you can make big money. Make make the best out of it. Like, yeah. if you are actually competitive in summer and, like, fighting for a... Truly fighting for a world spot, not like, oh, yeah, we're like a fifth seed and, like, maybe we'll get lucky and get through the regional tournament. Like, no, like, you better be a top three team in summer and, like, really contesting with Cloud9 and TSM or else, like... I know the meme is like, oh, Team Liquid's forever fourth, but at some point, teams that are forever like a sixth place team in the NBA or like a fourth place team in football or something like that, like when they they do they have to blow it up because like we're not happy being this anymore. Like Marvin Lewis is gonna get fired from the Bengals at some point. I know it seems incredulous, like, oh, it won't ever happen. Better example, Jeff Fisher eventually gets fired. Doesn't matter how many times he goes seven and nine. He eventually gets fired. It might take six years, but he does. Mm -hmm. and, and, like, Steve hasn't had that moment where he's like, I'm just really bad at K-9. 
talent development. Like, I'm going to try and get somebody else to do it. And I guess Loco was trying to be your plan. I guess David Lim was trying to be your plan. I Swagasaurus. I don't even know. I don't know who has the final say here, but whoever has the final say on all this stuff is an idiot and really needs to fix it. I'm guessing, I'm guessing it's Big Daddy Aaron set. So, I mean, at the end of the day... Make it work. Yeah, you, the best way to, to shut everyone up, you know, we can, people can hate as much as they want. Trust me, I'm probably going to hold this against every party involved for a while now because I have not forgotten the Renegades things. I have not forgotten the H2K stuff. I do not forget and I do not forgive. We This will stick, but you will shut up every single one of us if you're good. Because at the end of the day, most people just want to watch quality League of Legends. Most people want to tune in and enjoy good games. And if you provide that, that's going to be what people are talking about. And you are banking on that, Steve. And Reggie, you're banking on this not backfiring you in exactly that way. And I hope it does. I, you know, I usually I say I hope I'm wrong, but I cannot convince myself that I hope Wild Turtle goes 0 and 45 in the fi- in a three game final against Cloud Nine. Wow. There we are. Okay. It's not. It's not that I hate. It's not I hate Turtle. I just want Reggie to get punished for it. Just like I want Steve to get punished for his terrible decisions too. I get it. But let's talk about a good decision that Steve did. Because for everything we just bashed, and I think all of it was deserved. Don't take any of it back. But man, that Adrian move was just brilliant. That was. That is one of the most brilliant. Genius. moves I've seen done by a, a team in a while, and it's kind of. It's kind of crazy that Liquid did both of these things in such a short period of time. Like, they went from being complete chaos when they move Piglet to mid and get Youngbin to, like, shady, but at least they're moving towards a plan that makes sense with double lift. And now, like, this is a real team. This could be the best spot lane in North America. I, well, well, hey, not stop. He said that... Adrian's not playing this split. Sure. He also said that Smoothie was going to play for a whole split. Smoothie played one game for him. He said I Will Dominate was going to play a whole split. He played one game for him. If nothing else, and I, I hope that Steve has the guts to admit this, as soon as they start losing any plan, any word, any you know, quote from an interview that Steve has given at that point in time goes completely out the window, and he does whatever he thinks is going to get liquid closer to winning yeah he, he's all in on like yeah. this is all win now like this is admittedly all win now move i don't see why you know just start adrian double if day one and just go okay i hope it works out like that would make sense to me and and you know you know but you know matt maybe double if somehow connects with him better but regardless i think we can all agree that having that asset and the flexibility to you know, let Double Lift decide which makes more sense for him, and also to give Liquid the flexibility to say, going into Summer Split, well, Matt either develop, finally develops with a good AD carry. What? Not a chance. Matt's not their starting support in the summer. I mean, I'm all. assuming that at as all. well. I but I also would assume like that they were going to start him, uh, Adrian on day one. I don't understand what Matt brings to the table. I could probably just end the sentence there. I was going to say th- that Adrian doesn't, but. No, at this point, I'm just not really sure what Matt's bringing to the table. He looked uh, un- terrible. Un- unless it's purely just that him and Doublelift have actually played together in scrims, and Adrian and Doublelift haven't. Like maybe, and maybe it'll be maybe it'll be a week, and then all like all this next week, Doublelift and Adrian will play together, and yeah, the next Friday, 
Team Liquid will be starting Adrian and Doublelift in the bot lane, which, as a fan, kind of just like, uh, yeah, right. Like, uh, let's let's talk about it from a game uh, sense. Uh, How good is that bot lane potential at this point with both of these moves taken into account? That has How- the potential to be better than Rush Hour. Yeah, that that has the potential to be like. I'm trying to think. Like that has the potential to be like a Bruce Lee versus Chuck Norris fight. Good. Yeah. That has really good potential. It just... has the potential to be the Blazing Saddles of, of all Mel Gibson movies. Like Blazing Saddles is the best Mel Gibson movie. Yes. That has the potential to be like Blazing Saddles. It is. It'd be it, fantastic. It's a move that makes sense on so many levels. First of all, there are talent upgrades in both positions, obviously. Uh, number, t- you know, you could not have done worse than the way your bot lane performed last week. It's almost statistically impossible, given the way you're like young bit managed to have like a negative ten point something CS differential at ten minutes. It was it was really bad. I like this. You know, when you're starting from what was arguably below replacement level, and you replace it with double lift, who is in the running for best AD carry in the LCS on day one, and I don't know how long it's going to take him to ramp up, but he could get back to the number one overall spot. Easily. And you have Adrian, who does such a great job of of just, you know, being there for his team and roaming when he needs to, placing smart vision rather than just a plethora of vision. Um, You know, a deep champion pool that causes, you know, unique things to be able to happen in pick and ban phase. And and for the better part of the last year and a half has been playing a babysitter type role for his AD carry and double lift doesn't need the babysitter but can you think about how much better double lift is if he's got someone just like soraka healing behind him like he can go as ham as he wants like i guarantee you with adrian on his team there's no way that he gets caught out against senkux's malzahar like four times in that game against splice there's no chance in hell because adrian is in his AD carry's back pocket from one minute until like 55 minutes in the game mm-hmm it's incredible. It's incredible. I can't. I just can't wait to watch it. I think this has the potential to be one of the greatest bot lanes in Western history. Yeah, I'm it's up outright. As far as on the rift stuff goes, I could not be more excited for the potential that this move brings yep. on liquid side of things. Now on the Phoenix One side of things, we have a very different set of questions to answer, and I think what we've really learned. You know, Inori had an interview that was, uh, you know, that was had, was written up and transcribed in a, a bunch of different places. But the important quote was, quote, I was ready to go back and really try my best. But right now, I kind of feel like I'm getting rejected from my team because there's like a certain player who doesn't want to play with me, which is kind of like silly. So... I, I have three immediate reactions to that. Uh, as far as, you know, let, let's talk about on, on a, a surface level first, Inori or Adrian, if this was truly the situation where it felt like one of them was not going to come back as long as the other was there, do you think the Phoenix one made the right call? Hell no. Not a chance. Not a goddamn chance. You have Arrow as your AD carry. Pair him with the best support you can. And Medios has proven that he's a you know a suitable alternate. Not a chance. Not a not a bleeping chance. This is the absolutely wrong decision. Thousand percent. Don't care. Yeah. I mean, I guess the argument that you make 
if you're going to make an argument, would be that Inori is a younger player. You know, the upside on him is much less defined. There's a lot of potential there, and you can see it in the games in which Phoenix One has been able to snowball early leads. He certainly has uh, a knack for it. He has been punished in a lot of games, but that's very natural for rookie junglers. Right, but, but there, here, there is a play that, like he could have gotten better over time. But here, here's the thing, though: out of all the young NA junglers like that, let's play a name game real quick. Would you rather have Dardock? Uh, Would you actually, rather have Dardock or Inori? Dardock, but I don't feel good about it. Right Would now. you rather have Acadian or Inori? Acadian. Would you rather have Moon or Inori? Moon. Would you rather have Contracts or Inori? Contracts. Yeah, I understand that this is the problem. It's like you need. That's my counter argument. Yeah, and, and this is a question that has been debated for a long time. Is it more important to have just the best players possible, or do you have to you know, try to hone in on NA talent at a position where there isn't a lot of it to free up the ability to get the best possible KR free, Korean free agent when the transfers roll around? I've always been of the opinion that it's better to just get the five best guys you can and you will have to fill in the cracks later, but you can figure that out. If you get the star players that you can build a core around, it's a lot easier to have that core and improve from there. And Inori is not a guy I'm sure I want to have as my core going forward. He could be. He could develop into that player, but he's certainly not there yet. And I think it is deeply concerning that Phoenix One has now put all of their eggs into this Inori basket. If he is not, you know, a a strong, you know, mid to top tier jungler. He has to be like the equivalent of the third best jungler in North America. Yeah, that's essentially. For, for this to make sense, because Adrian was a top three support. So now he has to be, and, and that's not even close. That is, Adrian is a top three support, period. Right. So that means Inori can't be like, well, maybe he's like somewhere between three and five. Like, no, it's like he has to be the third best jungler in north america where there are a ton of good junglers and we've just proven i just said four other names that are very solid consistent performing junglers right now that are young north american talents yeah dardock is the most veteran out of them and he's played two full splits prior to this yeah that comparison didn't involve uh uh it didn't involve lira which I, th- I would take Lyra over him it didn't involve rain over i would take rain over it didn't involve svenskaren i would take svenskaren right now He's in that, you know, somewhere like in that nine. seven to nine range. And that's, yeah. that's a problem. And it is. And Medios is there too. And, and my biggest problem with this is that they're putting all of their eggs into this Inori basket. And, you know, Inori, I, I like you. I, I think that you could become a strong player. I do believe that the potential is there. But the mentality that he has displayed in that interview and in his twit longer is incredibly concerning to me because working as a professional esports player is a tough job. You work a crazy number of hours. When I was in Imperial Esports, I was on a Turkish challenger team and I was working 12 hour days, seven days a week consistently. That was just what I needed to do to keep make sure that we were in the best position to succeed. And if Inori is going to be a top three guy, that's the kind of work that he's going to have to be putting into it. And to do that, you have got to be incredibly mentally resilient. You have to be able to, you know, let the the frustration of a bad solo queue game or a bad scrim or a bad performance on the LCS stage, that's got to wash over your head 
and you've got to say that was one game or one series that does not define me. I've still got this. And everything I'm reading from him just comes off as emotional and insecure. That is incredibly concerning. That is not the personality that is going to inspire confidence in the rest of his teammates. That is not the personality that is going to, you know, be a guaranteed thing. Whereas Adrian, you know, for whatever reason, Immortals decided to let him go. Clearly Phoenix One felt comfortable parting with him here, but we know who he is and he is a good player. And that seems like a much, much safer bet than potential upside of a guy that, as of right now, does not appear in the public eye to be mentally capable of making the leap. And this is when he's doing this from home and not in the gaming house, which was the stressor of all of this in the first place. I consider this a concern. The, the, the difference here between like him and Dardock in terms of like all the overly emotional, kind of immature, is that Dardock was... Dardock was pissed off that other people didn't care. Like, they weren't trying. They weren't practicing. Like, they weren't putting their all into it. And I hate to say it, this is Inori being, like, a a whiny. Like, oh, some player doesn't like it. Like, dude, Kobe and Shaq hated each other's guts and won three NBA titles together and were, like, one of the best teams ever to exist in the NBA. Eventually, it ran its course, and they couldn't work together anymore. But you guys have been like working together for like what three months? Not like, barely. What, yeah. Just, what, what did like what did you do to do to each other that you're like we? It's irreconcilable differences, and we have to get rid of one of them. Like, I get it. You're all 18, 17 to like twenty five year old kids. I'm twenty five, so I'm still a kid. Like, we're emotionally immature, but like, you're prof professionals you're you're not kids like you have to be adults you're operating in the real world like this is your job this is your current career at some point you gotta leave the bowl at the door and just be like he's a top three supporter like anything if we replace him it's a downgrade like you know what i have to suck it up and maybe it's you and a coach and him sit down and be like all right what are what are our issues why are we not getting along? Like, and what can both of us do to fix it? Because I'm sure Adrian's at fault. I'm sure Nori's at fault here. But like, you're 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 crippling a team that looked like it could have been like a really good team and a really solid contender. And no offense to Stunt or, or the other guy they picked up, but like, I I can't consider you guys a contender anymore. Like, you were you were above FlyQuest in that third spot, and like. What, you know, a couple more really solid weeks. I'm like, yeah, they could totally contend for a title. But now, like, you're back out of the picture. This is the Cloud9 TSM show at this point. Yeah. There's, there, This isn't even two and a half men. This is two men and, like, you know, two kids that live down the street and like to play in their yard on their basketball hoops sometimes, yeah. you know? And I, you know, I'll say this. You know, Stunt is a guy that I mentioned a lot in our Trade Machine podcast. I actually like Stunt. He's another guy that I think has long-term upside that is valuable. But at the end of the day, I was, you know, I was a Team Dynamic fan. And you know where I'm going with this, Walter. Even Shifter and Nintendude played together for a year and a half before it got this bad. This was like two and a half months. Phoenix won. What are you doing? How did it get this bad this quickly? Like, that's absurd to me. 
There's no way that personalities in these fights should have escalated this quickly on a team that has, by and large, been a winning, successful team. It's not like they were at the bottom of the standings and arguing. They're doing well. How did it get this bad? Like, Phoenix won. Like, that's a team. If anyone needs to come out and make some sort of statement to try to clarify this, I would love to talk to Phoenix One right now and just hear, like, okay, what happened? Like, okay, off the record... I, I, I can't I can't confirm from my sources that it was just that uh, that Honore took too long with the, uh, the, the, the vase. The, uh, the smoking vase. Okay. Does that joke not hit? I it, no. I hope that it hit for the important <laughs> people um, that that are listening, the wonderful listeners who do get that reference. I, look, at, at the end of the day, whatever happened here, I think it is not an acceptable response from Phoenix One to say, "Well, screw it, we're just going to trade away one of the three best players at his position right now, guaranteed, right before." what should be a solid playoff run in a very winnable North American LCS. This is not the season six, you know, spring or summer, really, where there was this top tier of teams that no one thought they could beat. This is wide open. And you just mm. traded away. You traded away your one chance to be this Dark Horse team that could have done it. You could have been in that conversation. I genuinely believe Phoenix One could have gotten to that point if Inori and Adrian figured it out. But they you didn't, know, and this is the team we're going to have to watch now. All, all said and done, I appreciate Team Liquid for making this trade deadline actually entertaining. Yeah, <laughs> I'll give Team Liquid that. It certainly that's, wasn't that's boring. We are going to breeze through this week's uh, Guess the Lines section of our Guess the Lines podcast. It feels a little bit misleading as a name, but as you could tell, we had a lot to go over, and I think Hopefully this is what you guys wanted to hear our thoughts on. I know that's what we've been seeing on, on Twitter, on Facebook. We've had a lot of you guys think like, oh my God, can you believe this? Well, now you know. Not really, but we're going with it anyway. This is apparently the way the world works now. Uh, we're going to rapid fire some lines, Walter. Uh, Team Liquid versus Cloud9. Where do you set the line and why? Uh, I put Cloud9 minus 400 because Team Liquid's roster is entirely unproven. And uh, I don't know how well it's going to mesh together. And as Thorin made a very apropos uh, kind of discussion in his video when he talked about it, Doublelift and Piglet are both kind of demanding of their junglers. And uh, I'm very interested to see how this goes. So Cloud9 by a wide margin, minus 400. Okay. I had Cloud9 minus 333. I thought that the uh, transactions would make their line a little bit closer. The actual line is Cloud9 minus 476. So you get the point there. Uh, Team Liquid plus 320 on the upset. Don't do that to yourself. The, you know, even if Doublelift and Adrian are as good as we believe, and even if they're willing to use Adrian on day one or even this first week here, they're not going to be ready on game one against one plus, of the two best teams. Plus 320? Plus 320 for Team Liquid. Huh? Yeah. Um, FlyQuest versus Phoenix One. This is, I, I think, maybe my, my ma series of the week. I think this is the two best teams that are close enough in the standings to have it be an 
excited oh, back and I forth. Oh, I thought because you hate terrible League of Legends, you would have made it Envious versus Team Liquid because you so love Rocket versus Origin. You think that's going to be such a great series to watch and not a waste of my time. And I'm so <laughs> glad one of my two days off this week, man, it's going to be Thursday and I'm going to get to watch Origin versus Rocket. And that just makes me so happy inside. I mean... It's different when you only get it once a split. We got to see them already play this year. It's not as special. This is going to be special. This is Phoenix One having to react to this new, you know, to Stunt being a brand new player and having to adjust to, you know, Arrow and, and what that synergy is going to be like. And I don't know if Inori is going to be back. That He hasn't said anything on his social media since any of this news came out. It's been completely silent on Twitter. By the way, Steve, just so you know, it's possible to be silent on Twitter about these things. Sorry, continuing on the actual point. Uh, but FlyQuest have also been reeling a bit. This is a team that struggled last week uh, against Cloud9. They really felt like they were out of their depth, and, and that was something I think we saw whenever they weren't able to get the early game going. What are you going to be looking for most, Walter? If, you're, if you were to pick one thing that fans should really be trying to zone in on, What's the most intriguing matchup in this series to you? I, I mean, I, I think I thought the macro fight between like Ryu and Adrian was going to be massive against High and uh, High and Lemon Nation, but I think that FlyQuest just has an edge up because I don't trust I don't trust Stunt to be this kind of like heavy roaming, uh, you know, support that's going to pair alongside Inori and uh, and Ryu. Like I thought that was really important. Arrow's starting to show some weaknesses, like he's getting caught out in team fights a little bit. Like usually, when Fly- when Phoenix One lose a team fight, it's because Arrow gets caught, and it's not always his fault, but sometimes it is, and it's just it's like mm, this is a little iffy. Um, it's going to be really interesting to see how Phoenix One kind of adjusts to having Stunt and not having Adrian. I have the line at Phoenix One minus one thirty five. Okay, neither of us are getting a point. Because I said Phoenix one minus one forty. FlyQuest minus one twenty two. Phoenix one is minus one oh six as the underdog. I think minus one twenty two for FlyQuest against a Phoenix one team that is, you know, we don't know which jungler is going to be starting. And oh, by the way, Stunt has never played. I with know, before. I'm mad. I wanted my value on FlyQuest. Damn it! I mean, minus one twenty two is still value. That's enough. I I'm. I think we're gonna write that in. Value almost uh, certainly. I'm almost positive we're going to lock that one in. I, I, but we'll see. Maybe there's uh, more value on the way, Walter. There's certainly not going to be in the next matchup. T- uh, Envious versus TSM. Where'd you put that line? Uh, TSM minus 666. Blow them out of the water, kids. Oh, God. You barely beat me on this. I said minus 600. It is TSM minus 769. I didn't go quite high enough. I sh- you know, it's uh, it's one of the, it's the Shawshank Redemption. I should have gone just a little bit further. Where's Envious? Uh, Envious is at plus 450. And this is getting better. They've, they've made their way up from terrible to bad to, at this point, I'm almost willing to call them just below average. They That was a, a decent team last week. Yeah. Just, uh, yeah, they're, they're just, yeah. they're, like, they're about average. I'd give them that. They're about average. And, and shout out to Envious, because when you look at the LCS predict numbers, you can see the massive growth that they have had week in and week out from where they started at the very, very bottom. So I just want to give them credit for that, even though I have them at 10th in my power rankings. Um, CLG versus Dignitas. CLG, the slow climb towards the top of the standings. They've been systematically getting just a little bit better every week. And meanwhile, Dignitas, I thought 
you know, 0-2 week, but against two tough opponents, and I thought they played those series close. Where do you land on this, Walter? Which is the, which team are you expecting to really show up in this series, and why? I I think they're. I think CLG is going to show up. I think as much as I wasn't totally sold, like the game against TSM wasn't great. It was kind of iffy, and even against Phoenix One, like it was iffy. But I wasn't. I like the series was there iffy moments, but I just I trust. CLG more than I trust Dignitas. CLG has more ways to win. And there is always that inkling, that chance that, like, Darshan figures it out and all of a sudden becomes this split. You know, I said it earlier in the trade column. Like, yeah, you always have that money in the bank, you know, put Darshan on a split pusher and you have that secret strategy. So I, I trust CLG a little bit more. The Team Liquid move, I think, really hurts Dignitas. I think it and envious improving hurts Stigmatos because like there's a chance that they could have snuck into the playoffs and I think it's that much harder because envious and Team Liquid aren't like guaranteed wins for them. Yeah. So I have CLG at minus two hundred. Uh, quick note before I actually I'll just give you the line first before I give a couple quick responses to that uh, I had CLG minus one eighty it is CLG minus two twenty seven so that's a third point for you I do not like how this is going. Uh, I do want to say just some quick stats for people who are interested. Uh, obviously, Stixa has been great for this team. He is uh, putting together a, a pretty solid season, given how, you know, Aframu has been struggling. You know, usually you see the bot lane kind of Should have traded double together. F to CLG. I mean, <coughs> that would have been uh, very interesting. But the, the biggest problem with CLG is going to have uh, X Smithy right now, 117 deaths. That is the second highest lump sum in the league it is more deaths per game than any other active north american lcs player oh and by the way uh they have the third lowest early game rating in north america which means they're almost constantly playing from behind because x smithy doesn't know how to get any pressure going in this meta so uh unfortunately dignitas doesn't really either because chaser is not that kind of jungler either so it should be Interesting, given that neither team is particularly great at that. Well, then what's going to happen next? I'm, I'm looking forward to that series. Uh, what, FlyQuest... What is, uh, oh, what is... Dignitas plus 170. Which I would have looked at if it wasn't for how last week turned out for us. Yeah, that's true. I'm hoping that we find other value elsewhere. Um, a series I'm not looking forward to. FlyQuest versus Immortals. Walter, can you talk me off the ledge, or is this another proof that the universe hates me and that I'm not allowed to root for no, good you teams in sports this team. or esports? You screwed this team. You screwed this team. And Steve, this is what I mean by getting punished for bad personnel decisons. Like, Ale and, and Cody Sung are not playing very well, and Immortals are getting punished for it, and their best friend aren't coming in and giving them the best AD carry in North America to fix it. Can, can I give you uh, one of the most incredible stat lines that i've i've seen fire it what, what do you think K- so cody sun's kda is right now just take a guess is kda kda without looking 1.7 3.7 what above average what do you think a cs differential at 10 minutes is plus 2.4 well, it's plus 2.9. I was amazed it was positive at all when I did yeah, this. Yeah, that's... What, what's he, he's tied for second amongst 80 carries in CS for, at 10 minutes. How? How? How are these numbers real numbers in association with Cody Sun? That's amazing. 
I I mean, you want to know what uh what the the stat yeah, line that's for the highest CS per minute? What is this? Uh, say a uh, second high. <laughs> yeah, it's it's crazy. Uh, the real problem with Immortals, for the record, uh, Dardock, second most deaths amongst junglers at 102. Uh, but that's a mix of f- having to force plays because the solo laners aren't setting it up for them, and just checking out entirely. I did notice that you didn't go out with a jungle item in game three by the way dardock oh my god who cares i do and i've called out every player that's done that in history and i'm not gonna stop now if you ever do that in lcs game i will call you out for it it is an unacceptable mistake uh all but the real problem is obviously po belter how like first of all how many times do you think po belter has died and second how many more deaths is that to the next closest mid laner? I just, the, the gap here is insane. I'll, I'll give you the hint that he has a 2.0 KDA, which is abysmal. Um, Paul Belter has died, uh, let's say, let's say like a hundred and, a hundred times and he's ahead by 20 deaths. A hundred and sixteen times and he's ahead by 19. <laughs> so you're yeah. not like I'm not that far off. You're not that far off, and and the fact that the gap between him and the second worst mid laner is that large. I mean, I I don't know what to tell you. I don't I don't know how any Immortals fan could have gotten into this saying, you know, Cody Sud's actually Ugh. surprisingly decent for his reputation, but Poe Belcher's a real problem. That's where we are. Oh my god! Just, wow, that's you just flipped that on me. Now I'm like, holy crap! Yeah, Cody Sud isn't playing like because now I'm looking at stats. I'm like, yeah. I, Wow. Okay then. I mean, surprise. Let's let's be clear. When Cody Sun's bad, he's looked really bad. Guess what? Most rookies look bad when they're you know look really bad when they do poorly. That's the, that's the ebb and flow of this. He is not the problem, and the fact that he's not the problem is the problem. So let's just let's get away from this because it's breaking my heart already. Where did you put the line, Walter? Uh, I have FlyQuest at minus two fifty. Oh, come on! How dare you? I said minus 270. It's minus 256. That's that's just that's just cruel. I Not only do I have to talk about Immortals, but you have to beat me by that few points? Really? But what, now what I'm 0-4? That puts how? Immortals at plus 190. Okay. Um, I, Moon is going to have a field day with this. I, I refuse to get anywhere close to that. He's going to gank Poe Belter 10 times in eight minutes, and it's going to be a disaster. <laughs> I, I, I just, I, I know yeah. already how that's going to go. Uh, Phoenix One versus Echo Fox. Do we have any faith in Echo Fox after going 101 last week? Are we believers? Are we non-believers? Where do but you stand? The problem is, like, I, I feel like they still sit on the fringe of, like, the six seed. I Like, Immortals and them... I, I trust CLG now. Like I firmly believe CLG is a a, a, a playoff team. Right. I'll, I'll admit that. Like they're probably the fifth, maybe fourth seed. Yeah. Um. They're going to be playing against probably FlyQuest. Probably. Or no, they'll be playing against Phoenix One. I think CLG versus Phoenix One is probably locked in at this point. Um. That being said, the sixth seed I think is pretty much up for grabs between Immortals, Echo Fox, and I think it's up for grabs with everybody. Honestly. Yeah, like the it's problem not... is en- Envious and Liquid have a lot of ground to catch up, though. They do, they but Immortals like is Immortals is really trying to help. I well, got no, they're they're only two games behind. Yeah, they're only, they're only two games they're back. Only two games. That's the thing. Yeah, like, that's it's... five teams fighting for that sixth spot. So, yep. Uh, one thing I do want to say, uh, you know, I think a lot of people have been harsh towards Acadian recently. He certainly has not looked as good as he did in their victories. 
there his last four the the last four junglers he played in this one and three streak Rainover, Contracts, Dardock, Lyra. That's a tough slate of games. That is a, a very tough slate of games. This week, like this matchup would be either Inori or Medios. I feel that better about week. that. Like literally at every you said the who I Okay, you didn't say Chaser. Chaser's the worst jungler in North America, but like all the other junglers are spectacular. I'm just saying, if ever you were going to have a chance for him to look like the guy that made people say he was going to be the rookie of the split after a couple weeks, it's going to be against Inori or Medios, whichever one of them shows up, because that's not a that's not inspiring confidence, though. I I will say all of this is null and void. if Phoenix one pick Anivia again. They are one in seven when they pick Anivia. Stop it. Echo Fox. Echo Fox. Sorry. Excuse me. Echo Fox. One in seven when Froggen picks it. Stop it. Stop it now. Where do you think the line is, Walter? Uh, I got Phoenix 1 at minus 250. So you win the week <laughs> right there. I. How does it feel to be on the other foot of a good old-fashioned <laughs> shellacking? I, I feel like I figure this out every week I watch any sports or esports tournament, Walter. <laughs> my, my life is nothing but watching my favorite teams get shellacked. Uh, but yeah, I, you, you win this one. I said minus 200. I thought that they were going to adjust for the Phoenix one moves. I don't think this line does. It's at minus 270. That's Echo Fox at plus 200. I, I don't know if that's worth coming back to. It might be. I think that Echo Fox is, is built to play well against a team in their current situation because without, you know, with stunt being a question mark, you know, Keith might be able to hang in there yeah, long enough yeah, to get like the rest of the team online. Punish, you're not going to punish Keith and Gabe. It's yeah. Stunt, it was stunned. Like, yeah. We're going to come back to that one, I think. I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't, feel, I don't feel too poorly about that one at all, honestly. That could be an interesting series. Uh, CLG versus Cloud9. Do we believe that CLG can pull off the upset here? Is it in play, given how they've been improving week in and week out? I, I feel like TSM and Cloud9 both have one more loss in them. Yes. And this feels like it could be a Cloud9 loss. Yeah. Like, the, like CLG feels like the right team to beat Cloud9. If you if you look at like who Cloud9 have left to play, they have CLG, they have Immortals, they've already lost to Phoenix one, they have Dignitas, they have Envious, and they have Liquid. I think CLG and Phoenix one are the best equipped, but I don't think Phoenix one like two owes them on the season. So I would say this is probably the best chance. For them to get, like, I think, yeah, if they're going to lose a match, it's probably to CLG at this point. Yeah, I think that's fair. I I still think I I have the Phoenix one as a more dangerous game for them just because of how those matchups line up. But again, we have to see how Stunt and Arrow play together. There's now, we've now put a question mark over all this. Where do you put the line, Walter? Uh, I have Cloud9 at minus 300. Okay, you get this line. (laughs) Am I going to get blanked? (laughs) uh i hope not i i i'm close to one line so i think i might get one but i'm not confident anymore uh i said cloud nine minus 220 it is cloud nine minus 270 which puts clg at plus 195 if i felt better about the x smithy versus contracts matchup i'd consider it I, contracts versus X Smithy is the matchup we're worried about, and not Darshan versus Impact. Well, that's also a huge concern. But at least Dar, like you made the point, like Darshan, 
in this meta should be way more comfortable than he has been at any previous point in this split. Like Renekton is, is a perfect example of a champion that can hard carry in lane and then split push as long as he wants. If he can't figure it out here, he's not figuring it out. You That's you're into Renekton. <laughs> That would be... Uh, that Some would... people just want to watch the world burn. I just love Darshan Siora. Yeah, no. I, I would have fun with that. It would be more fun than seeing Camille in every every game that it gets through nowadays. I'd love to see some more Fiora back. But let's uh, let's keep going. Liquid versus Envious. I don't think we have uh, we have anything more we could say about uh, Liquid, and I don't think we want to say anything more about Envious. So where do you put the line? Team Liquid minus 135. Okay, I get one. Finally. Ah! I said Team oh. Liquid minus 140. Team Liquid minus 250. That puts Envy at plus 185. I don't hate that line. I like, love that line. If you, you know, we adjusted on LCS Predict for the addition of Double Lift and Adrian to a lesser extent. Uh, the, the numbers suggest that it could be as huge as a 2.5 bump in terms of how strong they are now versus where they were without anything else you know without impacting like how does it affect synergies or whatever else I, I gave it less than that but even with that buff envious is pretty close to them in terms of how those two would would interact i don't think they're that far off i think envious has improved plus 185 is a lot of value oh that's such good value that's when it's when it's week value. one I, I think we're gonna come back to that's that such good value. let's uh let's wrap up these last two echo fox versus dignitas uh, the series that is currently the battle for the seventh seed, uh, and, as it stands, and, and could very much have implications towards that sixth seed. I think it's a must-win for both teams. Yeah. Who do you think takes it, and why? Uh, I think Dignitas take it because I think Echo Fox um, beat Phoenix one, and I don't see them going two zero. I just think that um, that like. I don't know. It I feels want, like Acadian I, could punish Chaser, I, right? I, I, I want Dignitas to win it. That's the problem, is I want Dignitas to win it, because I have Dignitas picked to win the, the, the finals, and I need <laughs> playoffs. Um, playoffs? <laughs> I mean, I my line was Echo Fox minus 125. I think these teams are even, in uh, all honesty. Hey, guess what? So do the casinos. They're both minus 115. I said Dignitas <laughs> minus 150, by the way, so... You just get that point. But yeah, no, uh, I don't know how I would differentiate between the two. I think I can make a pretty solid case for, for both teams. I really like Someday's matchup in the top lane. I really like Acadian's matchup in the jungle. Uh, I do not feel confident enough on either side to, uh, see, no, to make it's it like a smart Looper. money. Looper, Looper versus Someday. I'm not like 100% sold on Someday, though, because Looper could just like play Singed and just laugh the entire time and be like, yeah, I'm kind of just negating you. If anyone should know how to play against Looper's Singed, You'd think someday might have at least a little bit of uh, of, of footage of ex of experience at least with on the film side of things. I don't actually know if they got a chance to play against each other. I feel like they did, but I don't know, and I don't have enough time to look it up. So let me know in the comments if they did. But either way, yeah, yeah before. Okay, cool. So you would think he'd be familiar with the tricks, but we'll certainly find out. Last match, uh, Immortals versus TSM. This should be a blowout. I, I don't see how Immortals in their current state make it particularly close. Where do you think the line is, Walter? Uh, I've got TSM minus 400. I also have TSM minus 400, so we both get a point. 
Uh, not that it really matters for me anymore. It is TSM minus one. Uh, sorry, TSM minus three eighty five. Excuse me, which puts Immortals at plus two seventy. So, smart money bets. Do we want? Uh, do we want to do? I, th I think we agreed we like uh, Envious plus one eighty five over Team Liquid, right? Uh, yes, I actually like that one a lot. And did we want to? You know, do we want to take a flyer on CLG plus one ninety five? That feels feels risky after an zero and three week last week. Which we did bury the lead on that. We went zero and three last week. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm so so sorry. We sacrificed our North American luck to the EU gods, and I absolutely blame you for that. How you jinxed us? You're like, oh my god, like we're gonna go two zero in Europe, and then we go zero and three North America. I blame you. You jinxed See, us. See, the worst part is that I would love to say, like, hey, at least the region that I'm the, you know, the 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 guest slash analyst for is the one we got, per, uh, you know, the money on last week. But then I'd have to say. Just ignore the other five weeks in which you were kicking my ass on that front. So, exactly. So, uh, so I'm just going to be quiet and not it, say bro. those things. <laughs> Where do, what? I want to hear it. What uh? What other line do you like? I I think Dignitas plus one seventy is in play. I actually, you know, I uh, I think yeah, CLG plus one ninety five. I, I think is a, an interesting flyer. Want, if if want... we have strong feelings about Echo Fox or Dignitas, like, where where what are you drawn to? I'm I'm drawn to FlyQuest over P1. Uh, we already have that. We have FlyQuest oh, minus yeah. 122 over P1. Envious oh. plus 185 over Team Liquid. We need one more. Oh, oh, CLG over Cloud9. Okay. That that's like my riskier one is CLG going over Cloud9. But like it's really good value at plus 195, and I think it has a really like really solid chance of happening. I know I know Steve's models don't necessarily agree with me on that, but. I mean, look, these are franchises that have played against each other a lot over the years. If anyone's going to be able to bring out the best in each other and make it a close series, you would imagine it's going to be those guys. Uh, it's going to be a very interesting week. I, I hope this was an interesting podcast. It was certainly a long podcast. It was a really uh, long podcast. If you guys enjoyed it, let us know. We would love nothing more than to, to go in on these kinds of things more often with you guys. If you like this more in-depth approach, or if this is too much content, you're like, this is too long of a podcast. I, I can't, you know, put it out in, in sizable chunks. Whatever it is that you, you would prefer, you know, we love giving the people what they want. So we definitely want feedback as to how you guys felt this podcast flowed and, and what you liked and disliked about mm -hmm. how we handled it. Um, you can obviously hit us up in the comments on YouTube. We love when you guys you give us a like or, or comment there, uh, good, bad, or otherwise. We just love hearing from you. Obviously, social media. I'm at Redshirt King. You can always find me there. Walter, where can the nice people at home find you? You guys can find me at Sadie's underscore LOL. It's right up here. Perfect. And, and of course, at Rough Drafts Pod. Uh, that's going to be where we're going to be doing our live tweeting. I'm going to try to be more active on that. And... For those of you who managed to, to get here to the very end, we are going to be streaming on Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. That is 4 p.m. Pacific Time. We're going to be playing League of Legends for a few hours, and then we are going to be playing some Jump Jet Rex. So if you think you'd enjoy spending some time playing games and, and, and kind of talking to us and everything else and enjoying that kind of stream experience, come join us. Uh, I think people who have come by have said that they've really enjoyed it and... It's something we would love to do more of and we'd love to share with you guys. So, you know, uh, consider coming back for that. Definitely come back next week. We've got, you know, 
Wednesday, as always, our EU uh, Guest Alliance Thursday, North American Guest Alliance. We're going to keep trying to come up with uh, great content for you guys. I believe we have a bonus episode that should be out within the next couple days, which should be very different from anything we've done, but something I think you guys might enjoy. So stay tuned for all of this and more. And until then, bye, Internet. Hey there, C80s here. Thanks for checking out the podcast. And if you enjoyed today's episode, consider supporting us at www.patreon.com backslash roughdraftspod. For just a dollar a month, you can join your fellow listeners in our patron-only Discord channel and help keep the content coming. Or join our VIP club, where a dollar a show or eight bucks a month gets you first priority on all patron content, like our patron-only Q&As. And check us out on all of our social media, Twitter, at RoughDraftsPod, Facebook.com, backslash RoughDraftsPod, SoundCloud.com, backslash EsportsRoughDrafts, as well as on iTunes and YouTube by just searching for the Rough Drafts Podcast. Thanks for listening, and goodbye, Internet.